Hi, welcome back to Leadership Stuff. This podcast is a part of Life Connection Ministry International. I am your host, Bishop Tim Daly, the president and co-founder. We've dedicated this podcast to pastors, ministers, and spiritual leaders who are actively involved in ministry. It is our prayer that this podcast will bring encouragement, insight, and spiritual support to those who are serving on the front lines of ministry. We also created this podcast as a tool to help us stay better connected with our LCMI leaders around the world. You see, with over 40 congregations in various countries, it is difficult for us to get together face-to-face to support and encourage each other. So it is our prayer that this podcast will be a blessing and a means for each of you to feel better connected to the family. excited today to have a very special person with me. I'm going to interview one of my sons. My wife and I have been blessed with six sons and 17 grandchildren. All of our sons are married and each one of them love the Lord and they are serving him with their unique gifts and talents. Four of my sons are pastoring and the other two are leading worship, ministering to youth, leading small groups, and so on. So I'm truly blessed by these guys, and I can't express enough how much I love them and how proud I am of each one of them. They are all very different, and I've learned so much from each one of them. Okay, that's enough from an extremely proud father. So let's get going today as I introduce to you my fourth son. His name is Isaac, Isaac Daly. Isaac is a pastor at Valley Church in Vacaville, California. Now I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to let him tell you more about himself, his family, his ministry, and some lessons I believe we need to learn from him today as leaders. So let's jump into this and I introduce to you my son Isaac. And Isaac, introduce us to your wife and children. Awesome. Well, first off, Dad, thanks so much for asking me to be a part of this amazing new podcast. I'm excited about what's going on with this leadership resource to people around the world. So it's an honor to be a part of this in the early stages. Well, I have a wife and her name is Elizabeth and we've been married almost 12 years now, which man, time truly does fly by. We've got two amazing sons. Our oldest is Noah and he's eight years old. Our younger son is Calvin, and he is six years old. And again, just both of them are amazing blessings of God's grace, and we feel honored to raise these two guys. Noah loves the Lord greatly and is very involved in ministering here at the church we're a part of. Even at eight years old, he shares little sermonettes with the kids' ministry, and even recently on Christmas, got an opportunity to do a little sermonette uh, in the main services, which was precious, shared a little gospel word. He also loves playing his new piano that you and uh, Grandma got him. So Tim and Lori, we appreciate their uh, generosity. Noah got a little keyboard over Christmas, and he's been playing it in his room, writing little worship songs. 
And uh, so recently he brought that to church and got to share a little bit of worship with the kids as well. So it's been an honor to see him growing and flourishing in the things of the Lord. Then our younger son, Calvin, he is a precious gift as well. And uh, man, he's been one that has pointed us to the gospel over and over through his story. He's got some challenges in his life, but he's also a champion in so many ways. Calvin was diagnosed as a young baby with severe autism, and he's nonverbal, but he communicates in his own way. And uh, man, he, he has been, again, just an example to us as we have the honor of raising him. We've learned so much. And uh, I'll share more about his story and kind of where that's led us later in the podcast today if we have an opportunity. Thank you, Isaac. Boy, we really appreciate you and your family and the boys have been such a blessing to us. And Calvin truly is a gift to our family. And I am anxious to hear and have our listeners learn more about uh, what a blessing he has been, not only to us, but to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. not just here, but in other parts of this country. So um, first of all, I want to ask you, what is your current ministry title at Valley Church? I've really appreciated this church, and I know you're new here, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, tell us what that is and explain what you're doing here. Yeah, so just started at Valley Church here in Vacaville, as you mentioned, on the West Coast here, California. And uh, the title currently is Valley Church Family Pastor. And what that entails is overseeing all of the staffing, programming, and visioning for kids' ministry, youth ministry, young adults' ministry, Champions Club, which I'll hopefully be able to talk about a little bit more later. Uh, Also, it includes... Uh, Parent discipleship, being intentional about providing opportunities for parents to grow uh, in their marriage and in turn grow in their parenting and much more. But that encompasses all of those categories. And I love that Valley has a heart to be very uh, intentional about reaching families. And I think the healthiest of churches have a lot of kids and they've got uh, all ages, because uh, uh, a, a church that's going forward, it's it's cool to see uh, children being discipled and being raised up in the things of the Lord. And so that's been a focus of Liz and I both for many, many years now. Now, how long have you been here at Valley Church? Just about eight months now. We came in May of 27, uh, 2018, so it's been about eight months. Okay. Uh, But how long have you been serving in ministry? Well, I started into full-time ministry in 2005, moved from Florida. I was in Florida at the time for schooling and moved across the country after several years in schooling and internships to start into a uh, pastorate role at a church in Fairfield, California, and was there for about 13 years. So with all of that time, and then the time we've been here at Valley, it's been approximately 14 years in full-time ministry. And I met my wife in 07, and she's been right there by my side, major team player as we've gone forward together in serving in these local churches. 
Now, in what capacity have you served the church? So early on, there were several roles and got to experience a lot of different things, primarily starting, as I mentioned, as a junior high pastor and ministering to young people grades 6 through 8th, and uh, spent several years in that arena, five years plus, then was asked at that church to take on a broader role and take over all of the kids' programming as well and all the staff that were involved. We had about 500 kids or so a week there at that particular church, and so there was a big team of staff and volunteers, families that were involved, and uh, it was a stretching role, but it was an exciting time and was able to launch different programs and be intentional about Again, that, that important element of discipleship, making sure our kids are being raised up and partnering with the families to do that because we only have kids for a few hours a week at the church, but we've got to be intentional about empowering parents to disciple their kids. And so how can we partner with them and looking at the best ways to do that so that it gets carried to the home front because that's where the biggest impact takes place is on the home front and making sure parents are equipped to disciple their kids. And so spent then about eight years or so in children's junior high and some other categories. Well, that's real interesting in today's world because the reality is is that you've been ministering to children and youth for virtually almost the last 14 years. And most youth and children pastors do not minister to children that long. There's a huge changeover, and if they last two or three, four years, it's quite interesting that that happens. It's kind of almost unusual. So uh, why do you think that is? Why is there such a high turnover in the youth ministry, especially here? I'm speaking mm-hmm. of the United States right now, but why do you think that is? Well, I think often people use it as what's called a stepping stone. So they get into that category, and uh, as soon as another opportunity that comes up is, is available, they would take it in a heartbeat. And so what we've seen in the States, and most recent that I checked, and, and maybe it's, it's a little different now, but statistics would show that it's a year or two average for a children's pastor or youth pastor. Right. And, you know, when I started into ministry, my mindset was I'm going to serve wherever the church needs. I'm called to this church. And so whatever the need is, whatever I'm asked to do, I want to be available to do so. Now, God worked in that. We uh, launched into junior high, as I mentioned, and served there faithful for a long time. And then it was just a few weeks before I was asked to do children's. My wife, who had no idea that they were even going to ask us to take on that department, she asked me, would you ever consider or be willing to serve as a children's pastor? This was just a on a date night. We were chit-chatting and kind of shooting the breeze and connecting as uh, a couple and she asked me this question out of the blue, and we had a great conversation about it. And again, n- neither of us had an idea that just two weeks later, they had a- would ask us to consider taking on uh, that area of ministry. And so we, w- we were ready to go, because even in that discussion, it was, you know what, we're going to serve wherever 
God would have. And so I've always felt like, you know, in the future, we don't know the future and, and God can lead this direction or that direction. Proverbs says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I didn't want to ever plan too far out where I'm saying, I've got to be in this position by this yeah, time, because right. I felt like it would distract me from what God has called me to in this moment. So I love planning. I'm a goals guy. I'm a, a guy that likes to calendar far out. But as far as title or position, I never felt good about saying that I needed to be in a certain position by a certain time. And so we just stayed faithful as long as the Lord had us and truly enjoyed serving in children's ministry. We felt like it was uh, an incredible season and still I'm involved in overseeing children's ministry and uh, it's a blessing. And then having kids in those age groups is, is really cool because we experience uh, uh, ministering to kids, not only here at church, but then our own kids, our two sons. And, and that helps us to be even, I think, more relatable with the families that are coming into the local church um, that are in our kids' department uh, because we've got kiddos in that same age group. And so that helps us to look at things a little different because we're in that phase and season of life. And it was pretty much right after Noah was born that we were asked to jump into children's ministry. So that's worked out really well for us, and we've been honored to do that. I think, you know, it seems like often the church hires the guy right out of Bible school or coming up and young, unmarried. That's the person or the lady that will work with the children. Mm -hmm. I think with you and Liz having a family. Um, you've been an incredible uh, resource to the church because you're bringing the experience of parents. You understand them. You understand the kids. And you've been able to bring a real balance mm. to uh, the church as a whole and the ministry. So I, I think that's invaluable. Mm. And, I, and I think your willingness to serve in those capacities was because I think God shaped you and made you into the leader that you are today. I, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and like I said, even though we didn't know how long we would be in that type of a role, longevity and consistency in that role has played out to bless us just as much as we've hoped to be a blessing to the young people. Because now, after 13, 14 years sticking with it, I've actually married uh, and officiated weddings for young people that went through my entire junior high right. program years right. ago. And to see that full circle, I even had for many years a gal on my staff team that again went through my whole junior high program. So she was in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, got to disciple her along with uh, hundreds of others. And then she grows up serving the Lord, goes through college and jumped in on our staff team. And to be able to see that, that it's was, amazing. yeah, it was. And it was because of sticking with it long right. term. And That's if you're right. only there, I feel like you barely get to know people in a year or two. So to know that the stats are, you know, a year or two in those categories, you really barely get to know children and young people in yep. that time frame. It takes time to build trust and to build a relationship and connection, not only with them, but with parents. So we've, we've felt blessed 
to have that longevity in an area that I that I feel like is so important because our kids, you know, we've heard it said they don't carry a junior Holy Spirit. Right. They have the same Holy Spirit and they've got a call on their life and gifting and talents and treasures that we get to unlock and be a part of discipling them in that. And to watch that over a longer period has honestly, it's it's changed my life to be able to see that and experience it. So, yeah. That is really good. A treasure. I mm. think that's a good way to put it and mm. unlocking that. Mm. Wow. Mm. Well, who have been the major disciples or mentors in your years of ministry? And who would you say has influenced you the most uh, in this journey you've been on for the last 14 years? Mm. Well, first, I got to start with you, Dad. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here or we're doing this this time together. The reality is I share that in many sermons. You know, there was a, a Father's Day message that I got to uh, speak in some main services at a, a church I was serving at. And um, uh, we were talking about men in our lives that have been the greatest of influences. And frankly, I counted a true blessing to have a dad that was consistent in his marriage and ministry and life and in fathering and was the same person in the pulpit and out of the pulpit that uh, you discipled us diligently. And, um, you know, I would definitely start by saying I would count you the, the biggest influence and mentor in my life um, and, and still to this day. In fact, I, you know, it's carried into a friendship. And so now it's, it's now in my adult years, it's I look forward to our conversations on the phone, and you know I call and ask a lot of questions about ministry and life and marriage and family and parenting and all that stuff, and so that's been a, a huge, huge blessing. Also, my brothers, mm-hmm. and having older brothers, I'm I'm down the line a little bit. I'm As you mentioned earlier, I'm fourth uh, with six boys, and so uh, particularly the older bros, uh, have been a huge influence and mentors in my life have really affected me in great ways. And similar to what I mentioned about my calls with you, it's the same with, with reaching out to them often to ask for input and encouragement and resource and uh, uh, wisdom. You know, again, in Proverbs, probably my favorite book in the Bible, talks a lot about having wise counsel and to reach out to those around us that can be of wise influence. And I'm thankful to have a family that I consider to be wise counsel and to carry a lot of wisdom. And so that's a blessing. And then I would also mention, you know, currently I've got an, uh, a gentleman in my life that is seasoned, that was a, a police officer for 30 plus years, that uh, serves in the local church. His name's Dave. And I always search out someone local because I, as much as yeah. I love having my family as influence, I have distance be- between us. You guys are in Phoenix and uh, Ben's out in Dallas and I'm in California. And so thank God for technology. We can communicate well, but I feel it's important to pursue right. mentorship in your local church. Right. So for years, I've, I've tried as best I could to pursue discipleship. And I think that's an important thing, too. That That's a whole separate discussion because often I'll have young people come to me and say, you know, no one's mentoring me. And I talk with them, have you pursued it? you got, you got to be the right. one to pursue that's it. Right. If you want mentorship, reach out for it. If you want mentorship, 
you got to bang down the door and go after it. And so, so uh, this gentleman has been one that you know has has been faithful in terms of meeting with me and and we do book studies and conversations and he's one that I trust greatly and so that's been important for me and then more recently is is my uh, lead pastor my current lead pastor we transitioned as we discussed earlier fairly recent here to Valley Church but uh, Jeremy White has been a great influence on me, particularly in a theological way recently. Uh, one of the reasons we transitioned here is because we really appreciate his heart for grace and New Covenant theology and focusing on the gospel and preaching through scripture. In fact, currently going into 2019, I don't know when this podcast will air, but we're going into 2019 as we're recording it. And he is actually teaching through the Bible this year. It's not a verse-by-verse thing, but a broad-scope look at Scripture and going through the Bible. And even as a church sitting right in front of me where we're recording in my office here at Valley, have the Daily Walk Bible. And as a church, as a whole, we're reading through the entire Bible this year. So it's a real Bible-teaching church, and I've respected Jeremy's uh, uh, teaching as well as his writing. He authors books. And so that's had a great impact on us. So now to sit under his leadership here, he's been a great mentor and leader, and I hope to continue to glean from him long-term. So those would be some that I would mention. Well, in our, I appreciate that because in our uh, ministry, we encourage all of our guys to be in three relationships. They need a Paul, a father in their life who is speaking into them on a regular yeah. basis, no matter how far advanced you are. They need a Barnabas, a, a uh, person that is walking alongside of them and a person that's encouraging them. And then they need a Timothy, somebody that they are bringing along with yeah. them, discipling them. So I appreciate the fact that you stayed connected and that you have valued uh, mentoring relationships. So let me ask you, how big is the staff that you oversee in your current position? And how do you support, disciple, and encourage the new pastors and leaders that you're responsible for? Mm. Great question. So currently with this new position here at Valley Church, we're in the middle of transitioning a lot of departments because it encompasses a broad scope of departments. Um... We are transitioning staff currently and bringing on new people and so on. But at this this point, there's about 10 staff that we have on team. Uh, uh, right now, about four or five in children's ministry. And we're working on bringing more on even as we speak um, to, to uh, oversee that area of ministry. Then in the youth category, youth is, includes junior high and high school. Uh, we've got three gentlemen that are on board who I dearly love already and am encouraged by this young team. Um, maybe I'll talk more about them a little bit later as we continue forward in this interview. Um, also, in young adult, we have uh, a, a gentleman that is serving in several areas of adult ministry, and that includes a young adult, and so he sits in all of our family ministry meetings and is a part of our 
team as well. And, uh, uh, and then, of course, some administrative staff as well. So it's a variety of team. And we try to get together regularly. Sometimes it's uh, the whole group. Sometimes it's pockets of the group because it represents different categories, different departments. So that's the current uh, team that we have on board. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we try to do because it's a big group uh, is, is to be very connected relationally. Because I'm newer here, that's a lot of my time and energy is getting to know this team. Right. Um, that was a big change for Liz and I transitioning after 13 years in one place. You really have some roots and you have a lot of long-term relationships. So we're working diligently to build true relationship and connection as fast as we can because I believe you do more and you do uh, better with people that you've got connection with and relationship right. with. And so we're currently building that team. So you meet as a group, you meet individually, you spend a lot of time in building those relationships. Yeah, so you know, both in meetings and just in one-on-ones One on one, and yeah. connecting as families and you know, whatever we can whatever excuse we have to get together, we try to do that. In fact, recently of course was Christmas and so we did a big party with that team and that included their spouses as well and uh, invited our lead pastor and his wife as well and just you know, have fun together. We we meet together a lot about you know, where we're going and visioning and planning and all that. And that's awesome. But we also want to connect and be, you know, uh, in relationship. That's right. Uh, discipling one another, uh, iron sharpening iron and, and really understanding one another's needs and uh, praying with one another and learning together. That, I feel like that's so important for a team. That's right. Discipleship, as we say, is not a course. Mm -hmm. It's not a class. It's life-on-life -life relationships. Yeah. And that's what you have worked hard to build, not just here, but in the past. And mm -hmm. uh, I've really appreciated watching you in that because you're, even in our community, it's not just your staff, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you have reached out to a lot of community leaders and people mm -hmm. that you are pouring into, relating to, building deeper relationships with Christians and non-Christians alike that you've reached out to. So uh, I appreciate the way that you have uh, not just done it on your staff level, but you're living it out, showing them how to build relationships. Uh, that, I think that's the best mentorship you can do. Mm. So we know that children and youth ministry is worker intensive. I mean, it takes a lot of people. And it requires uh, faithfulness and sacrificial service if we're going to reach this generation of kids. So what do you look for as you're raising up new volunteers? Uh, I don't know what you call them here. Ben calls them in Texas champ, uh, not champions, but... Uh, oh, what oh, the dream team. Dream yes. team, yeah. Great name, great but, title. But uh, uh, volunteers, leadership that will come alongside, get excited. They, they, they're not just attending a service, but they're giving themselves to ministry. So what do you look for? And then how do you train and mentor your leadership? What, what kind of things do you do to bring them along? Well, because we're in the specific categories of families and young people, 
uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the importance of having parents really involved, that's something that we take very seriously. And so in our categories, a lot of our volunteers and leadership team are also parents. So what we call the the primary group, the largest group of our volunteer base is parent partners. That's good. That's something we actually introduced here at this church right away when we came on board. One of the major needs here with a growing church was to get more volunteers within the children's ministry category specifically because that's been the fastest growing group uh, within this church that I'm at currently. And there was a real, uh, for lack of a better phrase, lack of volunteerism. And so we don't want to just throw people in rooms because we're desperate. Right. We want to have a partnership. Right. And so even in a name, there's power. And so to, to say parent partnership, building a legacy together mm, was good. our campaign. And so partnering with these families and straight away, we uh, uh, launched into this and we've had many parents step up to the plate that have plugged in and gone above and beyond. And these are folks that were, again, just learning and getting to know and connecting with, but have been super impressed with the response. And even recently, we've done another push for uh, parent partners, and uh, even while you're here visiting Dad, and 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 you'll be ministering this weekend uh, as part of the service, we'll be inviting parents to jump in because again, it's a growing area, and so you know we look at it as as uh, uh, an opportunity for families to not be in a babysitter role but to be a part of what God is doing in their kids' lives. If they jump in and serve, they get to see firsthand what's going on in their kids' lives. Now, when I say serve in in this department, I'm not saying every week or even, or of course not every service. We want them to be a part of the main services Mm -hmm. and, and getting fed and hearing the word and growing and being discipled. So what we do to make this work so that every parent could be involved as we do a one service once a month where they plug in and serve. So it's not a huge commitment, but it's enough where they get to see what's going on. And why this is so important is, is not because we need the bodies. God would provide no matter what. It's because they then can carry home what's taking place in the church. Right. Because as I mentioned earlier, we only have a few hours with these kiddos. Whereas these parents, if they capture what we're trying to impart at the local level, at the local church, and can take that home and implement it on the home front, how much more power, how much more depth, and how much more is going to happen in that young person's life if it's a true partnership? And for it to be a true partnership, they've got to be a part of what's going on. That's true. So we feel like this is a vital premise at a, at, a, at a local church. And, you know, parents, we've seen it, at least in our community, I believe many communities, parents are, uh, 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 many parents are very involved. They, they go to sports things. They are involved in schools. They're involved in programming. Yeah. They're involved in, in martial arts. They're involved in, in, in clubs and get togethers and fam- you know, why not the local church? And sadly, I feel like many miss out if they don't take a little time each month to see what's really going on with their kids in the children's ministry and the youth ministry, even even 
up into uh, uh, a high school and young adults. So, you know, what we've seen as, as really making this a priority, many parents, especially families that have just jumped in, they come back to us and say what a blessing it's been to them because now they have a way better handle on if they're a part of once a month teaching the material, if yeah. they're a part of seeing what's really going on, they can better take that home and have discussions with their kids about what God is doing in their life at church and in community. So so that's been a way that we, we really prioritize uh, um uh, both growing those things in our volunteerism, but also teaching our parents to be very involved in, in their kids' spiritual journey. And so, uh, and then we grow together as parents. If we're around one another, it becomes a community that's more connected. We, we found that small groups launch out of our parent partnership because yeah. they, you may have five folks that are serving together in a particular class on the same service every month, well, they begin to get to know each other, then they want to hang out in a coffee shop or they want to get together in the home and have their kids get together. So we start seeing these small groups launch and they're discipling one another then in parenting and and praying for one another. And our, our service producers, which is one of our staff roles, they're diligent about really discipling their leaders. So it's a trickle effect. As I disciple the team, they in turn disciple these parent partners awesome. and in turn they develop relationship. And so, you know, in, in a in a growing environment, you've got to figure out ways and we're not perfect at it, but this has been a great way to make sure we're intentional about building those relationships. If you don't help the parents with the responsibility of raising their children spiritually mm-hmm. and partner with them in that, I'll tell you, the school system will take right. over and give them their philosophies mm-hmm. and their religion yes. or whatever it may be. Yep. So uh, you, we must partner together. Yep. I, I really appreciate that. Mm. Um, what do you do to keep your leadership encouraged and supported in their ministry? Because with so many leaders and all that's going on, you know, sometimes they feel forgotten, unappreciated, mm-hmm. kind of just stuck back here and left yeah. in the nursery or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what do you do to keep your leadership encouraged and supported? Yeah, so we talked a lot about relationship and trying to connect with fellowship and so on. Um, this may sound very basic, but I believe it's so important is having fun with people. Yeah. People do not want to be a part of something that's not fun. Yeah. And we can have fun while we serve the Lord. And especially with young people, why not have a little fun? Kids are fun. They're fun to be around. Youth are fun. They're they're great to be around. They're lively. They're energetic. And so even as leaders, we want to have fun. As volunteers, we want to have fun. And so we feel that's very important. As well as training, we do feel like that's an important facet because if people don't feel like they are equipped, if they don't feel like there's communication taking place, and we have several tools and resources we use both online and in person to stay in constant communication and do the best we can in that way, um, that's been a big tool for us as well. And, And then just, of course, discipleship. We've got to be diligent to disciple our leaders, and that takes on different forms. Right. Uh, you know that. You've had a major discipleship 
emphasis, but I've heard a quote from you that's powerful, and that's be one, make one. Right. Be a disciple, make a disciple. I, as a pastor of uh, many departments and many leaders, I can't disciple everybody. I'd love to sit down with everybody every week, but when there's hundreds involved, you can't get with everybody, and so it's got to be a trickle effect. I've got to disciple people, and they need to disciple people. Right. And in turn, that goes right down to our kids, and, and it trickles down. And so those are some things we try to do. And again, we're not perfect at it. And especially being new here, it's it's a it's a process. But those are some things. I hope that kind of answers the yeah, question. Yeah, it does. That's good. for listening to Leadership Stuff. This is Micah, Pastor Tim's youngest son, and I've been helping my dad with the production of this podcast. We'll be back next week with part two of this interview with Isaac. As episodes are released, we want to invite you to engage by sending your input, ideas for future episodes, and any questions sparked by a topic or discussion on the show. You can contact us at info at lccuwait.com.